Hello and welcome to the I Do Consent podcast with me, your host, Jen Wilson, also known as Irregular Jen. Season 2 is here with the Consent Compass launching on the International Day of Consent, 30th of November, 2023, continuing this work to platform consent as a practice and a tool for making positive changes from the personal to the global. Thanks for listening in. Welcome to the I Do Consent podcast, recording this episode in November 2021, and my guest today is Sean Johnson. Sean is a somatic sex therapist, a tantric masseuse, and an intimacy coach at Pleasure Potential Power. Working from for the Leeds Bradford area, Yorkshire in the UK, she sees clients from across West Yorkshire and beyond, and she's available online from anywhere in the world. She's a professional coach, a certified sexological body worker, a kink practitioner and intimacy coach, and has had the very good fortune to be trained with Betty Martin in the Wheel of Consent. You can find out more about um, Sean from her website, pleasurepotentialpower.com, or by listening to what she has to say to us here today. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. It's a lovely interaction, introduction, even. Um, So I I first met you um, because I learned about Betty Martin's Wheel of Consent from you. And Betty is is going to be doing a podcast or I'm not quite sure the order these are going out, whether she'll have done her podcast when people hear this one. Um, So um, hopefully people will reference back to that. But um, tell us a bit more about sexological body work. What what is that for people who don't know? Okay, that's a really great question to start off with. So sexological body work, it's a bit of a mouthful, but essentially it's um, when a client works with somebody like me, a sexological body worker, as a student. So essentially they come to learn about their own body. Uh, their own pleasure uh, about sensation and the aim is to overcome any sexual difficulties and for the client to experience ultimately to experience their full erotic potential I mean this is really important because sex intimacy touch and connection are very basic human needs but we're not very great at at teaching each other or learning about these things. So coming to see somebody like myself is a great opportunity to explore that. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. So um, I think you're absolutely right. I think most of us um, have have learned about sex and intimacy from very, very poor sex education in schools. Uh, that are very focused on the sort of biological heteronormative functions of sex Um, uh, perhaps through watching videos pornography that kind of stuff um, with friends those kinds of things and there's a whole load of kind of assumptions and social scripts about what sex is what 
it's supposed to be like um who's in yes. control who's in power who isn't and all of those things yes so is your work about you know is work your work about breaking that stuff down absolutely yeah yeah absolutely i think i mean human human sexuality i mean it's a complex it's complex because it touches into our emotions it touches into our body into our histories into our present time into our trauma you know uh, into our bodies obviously and it's such a complex mix it's never just about how does my cock work or how does my pussy work or I don't understand my genitals you know they don't feel like mine they belong to somebody else it's so much more complex um than than the simple mechanics of it and yet nobody talks to us about these things we never really get an opportunity to you know learn about how to relate to each other in ways other than porn sex Mm. or in ways other than the the myths that are out there for men for women for other genders diversity relationships we don't have those conversations anywhere Mm. we don't get it modeled for us we don't see it in in theater enough we don't see it in movies we certainly don't see it at home where are we meant to go and learn about these things well that's what people like myself sexologists sexological body workers that's what the profession has grown out of this need for people to really begin to understand their bodies uh, in a in a deeper more authentic myth busting way mm. I'm quite proud of the myth busting that we do in this work so yeah, yeah. excellent and, and you know because that those sorts of assumptions and myths are, are where we end up outside of consent aren't they you know yes absolutely yes I mean, I, I work primarily with men. So um, men who come to me often talk about body confidence issues, the size of their penis, um, how athletic they need to be in the bedroom. There's also myths around they have to be in control. They have to be the one pleasuring their partners. They have to be the big I am. They have to not be vulnerable, but also at the same time be vulnerable. They have to uh, know what they want and they have to be really articulate about that. And they have to, you know, be some kind of Tarzan person. And, you know, then there's this, oh, all the other men out there are getting laid every Saturday night or, you know, her husband is able to keep that very sexy woman satisfied you can tell they're deeply happy and yet I'm deeply ashamed of the fact that I I can't bring my wife to orgasm and all kinds of myths and those are just the ones to do with relating that's without the universal myths around men have to be in charge men have to know the way you know men aren't allowed to express their feelings you know it's such a disservice and there's so many myths out there to do for men um that understandably a lot of men come to me and they're confused. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think that, that those sort of social scripts that say, you know, sex has to happen that particular sort of way, that there's a thing called foreplay. I really hate the concept of foreplay. 
Yeah. Lies that there's some stuff you do before you have sex. And then there's this thing called sex, which I think the assumptions are that there's some penetration involved in that. The very yes. regardless of the genders uh, and organs of the people involved, it's you know it's it's fucking. <laughs> yes. For a better expression, and it ends when somebody has an orgasm. There's a goal of orgasm yes. as the end, yeah. and then it's after glow, and that this is the sort of structure that we're supposed to have sex in. Yeah, <laughs> but that doesn't work at all for lots of people, does it? Regardless no. of gender, but I, you know, yeah, huge expectations. Yeah, massive expectations, and you know, it does everyone a disservice when we look at sex like that. Yeah, but the thing is, we don't know different. We don't know what we don't know mm. until something goes wrong. Why can't I last for more than three minutes? Why, why can't I give her an orgasm or why, why can't I have an orgasm when I want to? Mm. It's, that's only when something goes wrong that, that they'll, that people will go on this journey of wanting to discover more about sex and often they'll, they'll come to me and then we can kind of blast open this idea of the escalator uh, model of sex as I call it. Um, and I, I can't quite remember where I heard the escalator model of sex, so I can't credit the person I, I heard it from. It'll be one of my trainings somewhere, but um, it's this idea that we kind of get on the escalator at the, on the bottom step. There's some activity, and then there's some arousal, and then there's some more activity and more arousal, and it's like this con- constant steady upward um, trajectory to actually get off at the top, and that's it. That is sex, mm. exactly as you described. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and the goal is to get off at the top or there's an orgasm, yeah? I kind of try and introduce this idea of an escalator, uh, elevator model of sex where people get on at the ground floor. There's, there may be some arousal uh, or an inclination or an agreement and you get on at the ground floor and arousal might, you might get off at the third floor and spend some time there and you might go up to the sixth floor in terms of arousal and there might be some some interest there and you might go up to an eight on the scale of arousal and there's like woohoo this is all happening and then you might choose to drop it down again and go to level five and get off and spend some time at level five and that it's it is suddenly when you take away the goal of orgasm whether that's an ejaculation or an orgasm or however that peak is for you um, when you take away that goal and you start to then really begin to enjoy the process and that enables a lot more connection. And when you have connection, either whether that's with yourself or with one partner or more than one partner, when there's connection in the space, it becomes a whole lot more about pleasure and sensation and joy. And you can focus on your partner and then the partner can focus on you and then there can be movement around in the space. It becomes much more of a dance rather than this get on the bottom, get off at the top. Mm. It can be truly beautiful when we take the goal of orgasm away. Mm. Mm. Yeah, very true. I think I'm just hearing as well in between the lines of that thing you were just talking about when we're talking about men and women the and, and the sort of binary social stereotypes we have about 
those gender roles in in heterosexual relationships there's there's this notion of consent as being um the permission that the man has to get from the woman yes to do stuff yeah and a mutual agreement to share pleasure together yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know does that come across very much for you as well yeah it does and the the way that it manifests in many of the clients that I see is that like um I don't have the confidence to do that how can I do that or I have the confidence to do that I can get shagged anytime I want but but what where are the where's me in that where's the nuance in that where's the her in that where's the him in that Mm. this the stereotypes that they don't help us whether we're successful at pulling, as they call it, or not, it's 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 not helpful. The invitation here with me certainly is to follow what the body wants. What does my body want in this moment? Well, actually, my body really wants to connect with her. OK, great. How do you want to do that? Well, actually, I'm not up for sex. Uh, what am I up for? Mm, I'm up for some touch and some connection and some cuddling on the sofa. Mm, OK, let's see if we can negotiate that. And, and learning the negotiation skills, but it comes from the need in the body first. Mm. So that that's the kind of the training that I do. So what is your level of arousal? How horny are you? And how can you how can you express that in a way that makes sense to mm not just yourself but the people or the person you're with Mm. yeah that makes lots of sense (laughs) (laughs) I have to say uh, I'm not quite sure if this is making sense but if you're making sense of it Jenny then that's good (laughs) no it's like it's really beautiful what you're describing and I think so far away from the experience that a lot of people have um and a lot of people expect from each other. And I, I, I mean, I, do, you, do, do your clients come to you knowing what to expect and, and, you know, with a sense of this kind of work? What do they come to you thinking that they're going to? What, what do they what do they? Yeah, what's, what do they <laughs> arrive with? <laughs> oh, oh, Jenny, I get all kinds of calls with all kinds of questions. And mostly, mostly the men because again because I work with with men this is by the way this is nothing to do with the fact that I don't want to work with women or people with other genders uh, non-binary people it's not that it's actually a specialism just the same as if I was uh, uh, a medical doctor I might choose to work in pediatrics or I might choose to work in gynecology and mm. um, I'm, I'm a sexological body worker and I choose to work with men um so most of the men that, that contact me, um, they they, genu- they have to go through some hoops. I don't just answer the phone to anybody. They have to um, arrange a consultation call. So I know already by the fact that they've arranged a consultation call, um, they've had to go online, they've had to book it, and they've had to give me details. I know already that they're serious about um, engaging with me in a way that makes sense to them so they already have a sense of who I am by the time we get to speak um, but the majority of men come with um, sexual dysfunction mm-hmm. often that's premature ejaculation or erection dissatisfaction uh, body image issues 
sexual inexperience um, and a whole raft of uh, related sort of niggles that, that men know that there's something not quite right. Sometimes they don't know how to express that, but they know they want something. And my role initially in the first instance is to work out what that is. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want to experience? What is it that you aspire to? A, a, a dear, dear, dear friend of mine um, and my mentor for many years um, has this phrase. If you don't know what's available to you, how can you ask? Mm. And so sometimes my role is about um, broad, helping clients to broaden their vision of what is available to them, particularly in the realms of pleasure, sensation, communication, relationships, mm. all of those kinds of things. Mm, that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, the Fry's framework, which I reference quite a lot um, when I when I'm talking about the eye of informed consent, I think you said this phrase earlier on that that, that feeling of you don't know what you don't know until mm-hmm. you realise you don't know it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a huge thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's massive. It's massive. And like I said, because sex and intimacy and connection and relationships are so shrouded in myth and mystery and we are so ill informed, generally speaking, as a population. Um, you know, it's very difficult for people to find their way through the mists and fog of it all. So speaking to somebody like me, even if it's just an hour long conversation, can be revelatory in itself. Mm. Many clients have never spoken about these, their fears and their expectations and their fantasies. You know, many clients have never spoken to anybody about what's going on for them. And so that in itself is is like a liberation. And it's an honour. It is an honour to, to work with people in this way. So it's, it's great. I mean, I think you mentioned earlier that you choose to work with men. Yes. And I, and I know you and I know that that's <laughs> Partly because you want to challenge those those you want to challenge those patriarchal assumptions that that are damaging for men as well as women, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 No gender flourishes in an environment where men are well, where patriarchy exists, and nobody flourishes under patriarchy, particularly men, because they get shamed and blamed. And often, I mean, there are men who are perpetrators. So, and I don't mean just of sexual assault and those kind of things. There are people in power structures that continually day by day uphold those and they are part of a system that is dysfunctional and unhelpful and oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but most men are wandering around going, I'm part of the patriarchy, but I don't understand my role in that. Mm-hmm. I'm part, I'm supposed to be an, part of the problem but I don't understand how I'm part of the problem I'm just trying to be a good guy here mm. most men don't understand how they are part of the problem and that's not helpful for most men because most men want to be part of the solution mm. they want to have positive conversations they want to have positive relationships they're as sickened by the violence mm. and oppression as the next person um, 
So, but on top of that, they're carrying male genitals and therefore that makes them a perpetrator. They, you know, it's really hard yeah. for boys and men to understand how they're so much part of the problem when day to day they're trying to do the best they can. Mm-hmm. They're working, they're, you know, they're trying to be productive, they're trying to be, you know, good guys, especially to the women in their lives. And it's, it's really tricky, really tricky for a lot of men. And I just have a lot of empathy for that, really. And I just want to see, I mean, I used to describe my work as, as um, working with one man. One man feels more grounded, more at home in himself, more powerful in himself. That's why his power is part of my uh, branding is because it's about helping men to step into a healthy power, mm. to step away from unhealthy power, power that's toxic that they don't really understand that they have and stepping into a healthier power so that they can own the power and then use that in a really constructive way to create beautiful relationships, to create intimacy that feels really good for them. Yeah. To get their needs met in a way that is really healthy. Mm. And in learning those skills, in a sense, being a guide in like themselves, they can pass on those skills to the people they interact with in relationships, in intimacy. It's pebble in the pond, as I say. Absolutely. But it's part of this being the change we want to see in the world, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. we can't, um, you know, we can't um, just expect that to just men to just sort of like wave some magic wand and and you know by and just be okay when actually they've absorbed the same toxic yes. difficult messages that everybody yes. has yes yeah yes yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's, it's tricky it's tricky for all of us patriarchy doesn't help any of us mm. uh, and certainly when it comes down to consent because our boundaries our own personal boundaries right from day one have been overridden um sometimes necessarily you know you don't want your child to put the hand in the fire you know you have to restrain them and stop them from doing that so sometimes we do need to cross um children's boundaries but most of us don't ever really fully recover from that we don't really understand what our what boundaries mean because mm. in the workplace we're overworked because at home we're we're um we often are overridden by partners and children um, in the workplace. We're often, well, yeah, you work a 38 hour week, but we need you to work extra this week. Your boundaries are, are constantly overridden. Advertisers are unwelcome often in our home, but on TV, on our phones, our emails, everywhere we go, we're constantly sold to and it overrides our boundaries without us even realizing it's not help, helpful. For anybody, really, those circumstances. Mm. So essentially, working with somebody like me, or certainly working with me, other sexological body workers work in different ways, but working with somebody like me, boundaries, consent, understanding what you want, what your needs are, and how to get those needs met in consensual, negotiated, safe, honouring ways. That's what I'm about. That's what this work is about. Well, thank you very much, Sean. I'm very glad that you do what you do. Thank you uh, for that. Um, before we go, um, I'm asking all of my guests to give us a quick fire answer to the question. What would your one message be for the International Day of Consent? Oh, 
Wow, that's a big, ah, the International Day of Consent. That's amazing. Amazing that you've created this, Jenny. I think it's just incredible. Um, What will my message be? Okay, so um, get in touch with what you need. Have the courage to step away from stereotypes so that you can express that need. Communicate it. Communicate it. Communicate it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great message to take us away. Thank you very much, Sean Johnson. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, Thank you, Jenny. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the I Do Consent podcast. Please like, share and bring your comments or questions about anything that you've heard on the podcast to me, Jen Wilson, on social media as Irregular Jen or find me on the web at irregular.org.uk forward slash I do consent. You can sign up for the mailing list and find out more about the frameworks, training, support and other things available for practicing consent and to support the International Day of Consent please also visit idoconsent.org. And remember, keep it curious, kind and consensual.